From KIOS in Omaha, you're listening to Riverside Chats. I'm Michael Griffin. Today, I'm talking with Lanisa Baluholt and Chantel Perkins from Holland's Corporation, an organization that creates high-quality musical events that people from all walks of life can afford to attend. I speak with them on the importance of diverse collaboration when promoting art and culture, their upcoming event called the Omaha Jazz Experience this Saturday, July 22nd at Stinson Park, Exarban Village, and whether or not the Whitney Houston biopic is worth watching. Najee can easily go for a $75, $100 ticket. We keep that at a $45 ticket so that people can still participate. And we want to make sure that it's consistent, like we do this annually, so that they can really count on the annual festivals and plan for that. And I think our biggest dream for us is to be that number one jazz festival in the Midwest. Stay tuned for our conversation after this break. Welcome to Riverside Chats. I'm Michael Griffin. The Hollins Corporation is a nonprofit whose mission is to stimulate constructive change in underserved communities through art and culture. It was founded in 2016 and puts on both the Omaha Jazz Experience and the Love'em Jazz Festival. The Omaha Jazz Experience is a ticketed jazz concert that raises money for the Hollins Corporation. This year's show is this Saturday, July 22nd at Stinson Park and will feature Grammy-winning saxophonist Najee. Here is my conversation with Lanisa Balu-Holtz and Chantel Perkins. So why don't you go ahead and tell us where, where you all from? Where did you grow up? Well, I am Chantel Prince, born and raised here in Omaha, Nebraska. I went to school at Nathan Hill as a junior high school and then proceeded to go to Central High School. So I am an eagle, proud <laughs> purple eagle. Uh, from there, I went to school at Kansas State University and um, moved out to Denver for some time and then came back to, to Omaha to uh, pursue my dreams here, coming back home, yes. It's refreshing to hear someone say pursue their dreams in Omaha. Yeah, <laughs> right. well, Omaha is home, right? You You can always leave the city of Omaha and go to bigger cities, but you know my family is here, my friends are here, and it's it was always comforting for me to come home, and to come home and to be able to stay it was just really refreshing for me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I am Lanisa Balu Holt. I'm also born and raised in Omaha. Like Chantel, went to Nathan Hill, and I'm an Eagle as well. Graduated from Central. We graduated the same year. That's where <laughs> our friendship began. Mm-hmm. Um, I went. To, I graduated from UNO. Um, went to school at Bellevue as well, and I did three years in Houston. Um, Houston was a bit of a culture shock coming from <laughs> Omaha, so I lasted three years, and I'm like, that's checked <laughs> off the box. I don't need any more big city life right now. Right. So yeah, it was it was a great experience, but I'm good. Absolutely. And this interview is about y'all, not me, but I also went to Central. So Eagle's fine. Hey, Eagle up. (laughs) We knew we liked you for a reason. (laughs) Right, right. So when y'all were going to that great high school, you know, and just growing up in Omaha, did you have any experiences with live music at all? And if so, can you tell us about it? Yeah, I think my first experience with music was more from my brother. So my brother in high school was a DJ at KBWH way back in the day of the, in 80s. So I we were both in high school at the time and he used to DJ on the weekends and he would have performers, well the radio station itself had live performances like Run DMC and LL Cool J, you know, the greats of the 80s yeah. and 90s music and he would have an opportunity to interview them. So I remember very vividly of going up to the radio station with him and seeing the artists. But I think my very first concert, real uh, entertainment, was Prince. Mm-hmm. In okay. 1982, he came to the Civic Auditorium, and I'll never forget that concert. I was, well, I won't tell my age. <laughs> but at 19, um, in 1982, he did come to the Civic Auditorium. I think he was in between two albums. I think it was his Controversy album. Um, as well as his 1999 um, mm, album. Right, good times. Right. So those good songs sure. like Doomy Baby mm-hmm. yes. and Little Red Corvette <laughs> yeah. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I just remember how much of an entertainment, you know, entertainer he was, mm. um, even back then. But I, I would say that I didn't become a Prince fan then. It took me many more years to really 
know how um, how much of a true entertainer he was and mm-hmm. how talented he was. Oh, yeah. So I really didn't get into Prince until probably my late 30s and 40s. Absolutely. So he's just an amazing talent that has been missed. And so, it can be difficult to entertain and have artistic expression. Right. And I really feel like he epitomizes that. Yeah, he was For one sure. of our best. Yeah. Right. I guess I'm, I'm going to definitely familiar with the radio station and mm-hmm. her brother being the DJ there but <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know for me I think the start was MTV you know <laughs> okay. and and mm-hmm. all the excitement and everything there was just surrounded being able to see these artists and see all the dancing and mm-hmm. try to dress up like the ladies and right. dance like they try to not to break my neck and mom's heels <laughs> <laughs> you know and so that was the start for me and I think the biggest thing from the MTV perspective for me was the Michael Jackson Thriller video. I remember the phone ringing before the video. Are you in front of the TV? Are you watching it? And and then after the TV, after the video was over, did you see it? You know, did you catch this? And Mm. yeah, it was just, it was amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. that video. And then after as often as it aired, you know, trying to pick up the dance moves, you know, and do everything that he was doing on there as great as he was doing them, you know, that was, Mm -hmm. that, that was the challenge. But I think MTV, you know, was a big start for me. Right. And when I really think of MTV, when I think about DJing, one thing they have in common is cultivating culture, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think a big part of that is understanding the role of sustainability, Mm -hmm. you know, and and a a solid way to have sustainability with the arts is to make sure you have resources to make sure that it can be sustained. And I think that the Hollands Corporation really epitomizes that. So could you all kind of tell our listeners what exactly is the Hollands Corporation and, and what was the background of it? Mm-hmm. What's the origin story? The origin story. Well, we are a nonprofit and our mission is to stimulate constructive change for underserved communities. And we are very specific in doing that constructive change through art and music for the North Omaha community. We always had a sense of giving back to where we've come from. And I don't know if we said that in our beginnings, we, we went to school at Central, but we we're also products of North Omaha right. and very proud to be that. And through the mission, by constructing change, we have two prominent events that we produce each year, one being the Love and Jazz Festival and the other one being the Omaha Jazz Experience. From a Holland's perspective, we have been producing events for over 11 years and it's basically just the two of us producing these mm-hmm. events. We yes. have a board of three. We have four advisors. And then the day of the event, we truly have about 25 to 30 people that we pull in from a volunteer perspective. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did either of y'all have a background in music, specifically as a performer? Or how, what was the approach for, for choosing this avenue mm-hmm. to really empower our community? If you consider my driving from point A to point B in my car performing, <laughs> then yes, I got that background. But outside of that, no way. <laughs> I, I I would be cool. too nervous. Like I used to play the violin when I was younger, you know, mm. and I didn't carry it far enough to be good at it now. I couldn't pick up one and do anything with it now. Um, but I have friends who are performers, um, acting, singing, you know, doing things of that nature. And I can just look at them and just be in awe of what they do because I can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I am more of a behind the scenes kind of person. You know, I can pl- plan things and Chantel and I are very good with planning mm-hmm. um, and doing things of that nature. But performing, no, not for me. Mm. <laughs> If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Lanisa Balu-Holtz and Chantelle Perkins about the Hollands Corporation, which aims to provide mentoring services and live entertainment to underserved communities in Omaha. Hollands's annual fundraiser, the Omaha Jazz Experience, is this Saturday in Stinson Park with headliner Najee, a Grammy award-winning saxophonist. Join the conversation on social media. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. I think that's really cool. I feel like a lot of the times there's this expectation or pressure that if you're passionate about something, it has to embody who you are as a person, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that's great. And I, I also think that the intersection of empowering community and the arts, especially with jazz, is really significant, you know, um, because you have to be able to pay for instruments. 
Right. <laughs> and you have to be able to have private lessons. Yeah. You know, sure. and if you don't have that type of cultivation from an economic lens, you know, we talk about disparities a lot with health mm-hmm. and more topical things, which I feel makes sense. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, there could be a disparity if you're not afforded the right to express yourself. And, th- and that's why um, it's disheartening to hear when schools are taken away from the budget mm-hmm. for things like that. You know, it's like you should be flooding the money mm-hmm. in, you know, for stuff like that so that kids can have these opportunities and not lose them. But in a lot of cases, cases when it's time to reel in on the money, you know, things like that are what go because they don't feel like that's so important. But mm-hmm. it really is. Mm-hmm. And, we, and that's, you know, part of our true mission statement. When we truly state that we cultivate constructive change in underserved communities, our festivals are free. Mm. They're free not only to attendees, but free to vendors. Um, we found out that charging an application fee to be a vendor or even charging a fee to participate in either a, a festival or a performance, what have you, can be a financial barrier for most people. So we believe that a lot of times when we first got started, when we had African-American um, artists and wanted them to be a part of the festival to come and reap the benefits, you know, in front of audiences, and they didn't have the money to be, mm. to, to perform, not to perform, but to have the platform. Mm-hmm. So our application fee at one time was $100 to, to join, to be a, a vendor. And we were finding out that the majority of people, and, and I won't put that on just African-Americans, but people, um, there was a hardship in the arts to, to participate. And we found out that a lot of people were just having a hard time coming up with that initial fee to participate. You know, we would get a lot of, can I give you $25 today and, you know, $50 when we get there. So we did the right thing to remove that financial barrier um, from all that participate. You know, the festival does not charge an entry fee whatsoever, nor an application fee. So all of our merchants, our food vendors, our any minority-owned businesses, and small establishments that that participate in the Love and Festival is free. We go out of our way to provide them with a 10 by 10 tent, a table, mm. a chair, and um, and additionally we pay this, their city permit. So essentially they are coming for free yeah. um, with no kickbacks to us. You know, so they come and participate in all the revenue that they get from selling their their products and services and their arts is is on them. You know, it was truly a goal of ours to. Mm-hmm provide them this avenue so that they can financially grow and gain new customers as well as being supported on social media. So, you know, that was one of our goals when we talked about, you know, helping out the community is just we really reach back into um, North Omaha and talk with the the black and and brown and minority and women-owned businesses to get them to participate and pay all that for them free at our festival. So when we say free, it is free. It's free and open to the public, and it's free and open to anyone that wants to participate. Now that we're kind of talking about just the the background to making it financially accessible for our community members, how did you all acquire the skill set on how to run a festival? Was it just something that you had proximity because your brother's a DJ? Or, or what was that process like? Because I'm sure there are a lot of folks that would like to know how do I do this? I come from a background of being a planner, be it it planning a family event, be it planning something for the sorority. So I have done just lots of planning. When we came together for the business, I personally did not have experience in planning an event on this scale. Mm -hmm. So I leaned on Chantel a lot because she had prior experience in that area and was very instrumental in ensuring that Um, She shared that experience, you know, which I love. You know, we kind of bounce off of each other. We feed off of each other and, Mm -hmm. you know, we make things happen. And and her background with that um, was very helpful. I like that word choice. Instrumental. Very fitting. (laughs) All right. Yin and yang. You know, (laughs) we we complement each other very well. Mm -hmm. What my strengths are and what my weaknesses she she fills in and, and likewise. So we we've been doing this for some time. So. Definitely. We know how to fill in the gaps. Yeah. So when we look at a a program from just like a step-by-step process of how we go about um, supporting our events is we, I first believe that it has to be a labor of love because there's a lot of ups and downs in this business. 
So I think that if you don't have a love for this, you should not be doing it. Mm. But um, also, uh, I, as Nisi had stated, I have had some experience from the, the jazz festival I used to do up in Vail. So back in 20, maybe 20 years ago. <laughs> that's a that's a very yeah. cool thing to casually say. <laughs> right, that's right. You know, it was, um, I supported the, the Vail Jazz Festival um, for two or three years while I lived in Denver. Okay. Um, which was probably the kickoff of what we did in Omaha in 2013 when we first started the Love right. Jazz Festival. And so how many events does the Hollands have every year? So we have two events every year. So coming up on um, this Saturday, July 22nd, next Saturday actually, um, we will have the Omaha Jazz Experience that will be held at Stinson Park in Exarban Village from 4 to 10 p.m. Um, that is our fundraising event um, so that we can raise money to help keep our Love'em Festival free and open to everybody, available to everybody. So at the Omaha Jazz Experience, we will have Grammy-winning saxophonist Najee um, performing there. Yeah. Also performing will be uh, Nelson Rangel, and then we'll have local artists there, um, Ed Archibald and Wood Hoops. Mm. So, um, and then the Love 'Em Jazz Festival will be Labor Day weekend. That'll be Saturday, September second, and that will be at Turner Park. And so that we'll have a big one. That's the free one. So there's no charge for that one. But the Omaha Jazz Experience is a ticketed event, and the tickets are available on Eventbrite. Mm. And that's like our premier one. Like that is the one you want to be right. at. Okay. We're talking about Najee, a man who's been in the game for over 30 years yeah. of jazz. He is a contemporary jazz performer. He's uh, He just dropped an album, um, Solway Fair, I think. It, I can't remember mm. the name. Solway Square is yeah. the, the new album that he just recently dropped, I believe, about a year ago. Um, he has a lot of experience in collaborations with many of great jazz giants, such as uh, and R&B giants, such as uh, Stevie Wonder and Prince, one of my favorites that I mentioned right, earlier, right. Shaka Khan and uh, Quincy Jones. So we are so excited to have Najee be our headliner. Mm -hmm. And as Nisi also mentioned, um, Nelson Rangel um, will be performing. He's from Denver, um, mm. and he's one of the... the um, most gracious guys to work with, I would say that. he. We brought him here actually in 2019 at the Love and Jazz Festival, and he is known for being a smooth jazz mm -hmm. performer. For sure. He has seven best-selling albums. albums. And, and again, we like to uh, have local talent as well, Nisi has mentioned Ed Archibald as well as Wood Hoops. But um, we are so excited for this to be our fundraiser um, so that it truly supports our Holland's Love and Jazz Festival, which is free. So what we do here and what we capture here from a revenue perspective truly supports the core programming of our foundation to keep things free. And so just to take a step back from the programmatic components of mm -hmm. making a, a jazz festival, what led y'all to decide jazz as the genre? Was it your experience in Denver or... Do you see yourself accompanying more genres at all, or why jazz? So we chose jazz. So we started off with R&B. So our very first festival was more R&B related. And I mean, we could probably get back to that someday because, you know, of course, that's always great. But we wanted uh, more of a crossover genre. We wanted a genre that was going to attract um, people of all backgrounds, regardless mm. of age, with regardless mm -hmm. of your ethnicity. Um, people love jazz, <laughs> you know, and so we just wanted something, because we're doing this for the community, and so we wanted something that was going to cater to you know, all people, and like our kids love it, our kids come and, you know, they volunteer, but, you know, they enjoy the music, they enjoy meeting the artists, um, and so it was just our hope that that would be the crossover and that we would draw the masses in Omaha, you know, to the festivals, you know, to see the artists that we bring in. So it's been it's been great. It's been a growing thing for us. You know, it started off slow, you know, and so gradually we've gotten up to the point where we're drawing in large numbers of people to the festivals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it. if you really look back at when we started in 2013, we actually started off as a for-profit, um, a for-profit corporation and we kicked off our first Love'em Jazz, our Love'em Festival at that time, and we started at Metro Community College and the parade grounds at Metro Community College, and we really partnered with the Native Omaha Days. 
um, to support that. Um, and it, at that first one, it was strictly local talent. I remember the local bands being Ed Archibald, who will be mm. at mm, the, right. the Nanji concert coming up on July yes. 22nd at Stinson Park. Get your tickets now. <laughs> right, right, right. I feel like I'll practice that. I feel you. I hear you. Really, we didn't. <laughs> but yeah, I remember <laughs> that Richie first. Love? Richie, Love? Richie Love? Yep, Richie yeah. Love with, um, they did a tribute to Preston Love, yes. who is jazz mm-hmm. uh, royalty here in Omaha. Yes. And um, that was an amazing first year that we had. And we actually started with a budget of about 5000 Yeah. Um, the second and third year, as Nisi had stated, we were moving forward to, uh, we moved into R&B, where we had old school R&B with Evelyn Champagne King and Midnight what? Star. What? Yes. Look, Midnight yes. Star. And we did. Um, yes. <laughs> the Midas Touch. Right. So I need to relax. I'm on the radio. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Midas Touch changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were maybe. doing it. We were yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we and, are doing it. Right. <laughs> uh, so we did do R&B and then we slowly transitioned, as Nisi had stated, into jazz going into our fourth and fifth year. And we started off with Paul Taylor as being mm-hmm. our very mm. first uh, jazz musician. Right. Then we had the great Norman Brown, mm. one of the baddest guitarists in the business. <sighs> yes. So, um, and then from there, we were at the Metro Community Parade Grounds. Then we moved over to Turner Park. Turner Park. Mm-hmm. Yep. We so. outgrew the parade grounds. Yes. How does that process work with having an event at a park? Do you like hit up Parks and Rec or like? What do you do you definitely to do have that? to get your permits. <laughs> yeah. okay. One, it, it's from a perspective you we have to plan as weather because the weather is also a major factor, right? You know, sure. it, that's something that always is on our last note because we don't know what the weather is going to be when we plan this six to nine months in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have been fortunate to have um, events not only indoor and outdoor because we've been at Metro Community College. We've been at the Omaha Performing Arts Center with Boney James. Then we moved over to Stinson Park and now we're, excuse me, at Turner, Turner Park, Park, then Stinson Stinson Park. Mm-hmm. So you certainly do have to go through the Omaha Parks to get mm. your permits to make sure that you have access to those parks. So, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the relationship of collaborating, it just seems like there are a lot of parts. And so that's really a necessary ingredient. Um, how does that look like as far as do you all reach out to musicians? Do they reach out to you all? Um, and is there a different approach if it is local musicians compared to national? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think we certainly have reached out to all of the major musicians. I think our brand has always been on having the best in jazz. And when we say the best in jazz, it's Grammy nominated or mm. Grammy award winning. Like Najee is a Grammy award-winning artist. Get your tickets now, July twenty-second, and support the Love 'Em Jazz Festival and the Omaha Jazz Experience. But yes, we um, when we talk about the best in jazz, we are the ones reaching out to that artist and establishing that relationship either with them directly or with um, with their management team. So, and not only just the best in jazz from a Grammy-nominated perspective, but, you know, we have that level of Grammy-nominated and award-winning. Then we have, we look at who's the best, the up-and-coming artist in Mm. jazz. So there's like that B level. Um, You know, we've seen, um, I think Eric Darris is one that I Mm. really want to, to get out. I think, you know, we've watched his career and he's really blowing up. Uh, from a jazz perspective this mm-hmm. this year. So we love to have him come. Um, I think of Adam Hawley, who's a, a jazz guitarist. He's up and coming. So we look at the up and coming artists as well. And then from a local perspective, we do get a lot of requests locally and out of state to come visit mm-hmm. and um, play at mm-hmm. either the Lovin' Festival or the Lovin' Jazz Festival. And then again, we like to work with our local talent here. I would say one of my local favorites. Well, I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to make anyone. But <laughs> I, Chad Stoner is one of my one of my favorites. Um, and best and believe you'll see him at the Love and Jazz Festival. Um, so we do work with a lot of local talent. We have this uh, young, hip, bluesy jazzy band called Wood Hoops mm-hmm. who would be performing for us. Young group straight out of college that is just really 
been doing amazing things. Uh, so we like to give that young band an opportunity to get that exposure on our stages. Well, on the same stage as large artists. So when you ask the question, you know, do we look for them or do we... Um, or do they look for us? It's, it's a kind of combination of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, it's right. a combination of both. I'm talking with Lanisa Ballou-Holtz and Chantel Perkins about jazz's unique ability to bring different types of people together, the diverse community partnerships that Holland's Corporation has established, and the upcoming Omaha Jazz Experience, an annual concert fundraiser this Saturday in Stinson Park. Stay tuned for the rest of the conversation after this break. Welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Michael Griffin. Today, I'm talking with Lanisa Ballou-Holtz and Chantel Perkins about the mission of the Hollands Corporation, as well as the Omaha Jazz Experience, which is this Saturday in Stinson Park. Here is the rest of our conversation. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked a lot about the musical partnerships, but what are other forms of partnerships, especially with vendors or parks? So we have um, a lot of community partners that have helped us along the way. Um, Omaha Economic Development was one of the first partners that we had. You know, he, he saw our vision. We talked to him. He believed in us. And uh, he he helped us, you know, gave us good advice and just supported us, you know, was there for us in the beginning when we really needed someone to be there for us. Mm-hmm. So, and specifically, he was one who helped us transition from a uh, for-profit yeah. to a, a non-profit. And when so, you say he, who are you referring Mike to? Mike Maroney. Right. Yeah, one Omaha only. Economic mm-hmm. Development Corps. He's also been such a great advisor for us. Um, we also have, um, we are very conscious mm-hmm. about being inclusive. Um, and we have the, we've partnered with Pam Duncan, who is part of the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. So at all of our concerts at the Love and Jazz Festival at Turner Park, we have two sign language interpreters um, from the Nebraska Commission for the Deaf and Hard mm-hmm. of Hearing to secure, you know, two of them, one to be on the main stage and the other one to be supported at the the vendors areas. And we're strategic about that to make sure that we're inclusive. We include that information on our promo material and Pam also helps us get that word out to their community. Um, As we stated earlier, we also have partnered with Native Omaha Days back in the day, Mm -hmm. Mm. which has been a great partnership because that is a biannual event that comes up. And I think it's coming up in the end of July. Yeah, the weekend after after our our festival. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's a lot going on that weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think structurally, from an organization perspective, what's helped us is that we are a member of NAM, which is the non the yeah. nonprofit association of the Midlands, and we've been a member of them for about since 2017. Mm. And we get a lot of guidance on governance and guidelines from a nonprofit perspective from them, as well as the Omaha Chamber. I think they've been a great partner for us as well. We've been a member of them since 2018 just from a networking perspective and promotion perspective and getting other guidance. So we we do do a lot of partnerships and we do find it um, that it is a need to collaborate just from mm-hmm. a resource perspective and um, just to support one another. And then on top of that, um, as well as the support that we get and we give to other promoters, um, there's so many events going on out there, and everybody needs to get the word out. So, you know, we try to help share events on Facebook. You know, if there are promo cards that they need us to help hand out, you know, we're instrumental in helping to hand those out. Um, there have been times where we've allowed someone to make an announcement at our event, and likewise, they've made announcements of our events at theirs. So that's another um collaboration that that's very helpful you know because it's hard to get the word out there it's it's hard to get to the people you know as hard as we try to market our events there are still people who after the fact say I never even heard about it you know so Mm -hmm. it's like what do you listen to you know we will try (laughs) we'll change (laughs) so yeah awesome and one common theme that I'm hearing is that the partnerships are Mm multi-sectoral or different types it's not just other artistic jazz organizations. And I think 
that is also a pretty big necessary ingredient for sustainability, just having diverse skill sets. Sure. Because when you have diverse skill sets, you can provide diverse resources. Absolutely. <laughs> and so with that line of thinking, um, I know you all also offer advocacy and scholarship opportunities. Could you speak about that, please? So one of the things that we, um, we, we've been about since the beginning is community. And Chantel and I are both college graduates, and so we can relate to the difficulty of paying for college, even down to sometimes a $20 book. You know, you've paid for so many other things, like where am I going to get the money for this book? And so we decided when we got in a position where we would be able to give a scholarship that we would definitely make that happen. And so in the last three years, I believe it is now, we've been able to um, support two young ladies who are currently in college um, with a scholarship. Um, it's a recurring scholarship, and so it's very helpful to them. Um, they know they can count on that money um, to help pay for lab fees or books or, you know, it's not as big as tuition, but, <laughs> you know, every little right. bit helps, right? So um, it's something for them to look forward to and something for us to be proud of because we're able to, again, it's another way for us to give back to the community and help um, some young ladies, you know, on their college journey. Mm. So just for our listeners, um, could you say the target recipients of it? For instance, is it strictly for undergrad? strictly for men, women, et cetera? So it's undergraduate females, African-American females, um, pursuing their first degree um, in college, and they have to maintain, you know, certain requirements, you know, GPA, you know, things of that nature to um, be able to continue with the scholarship. So um, there's an essay and, you know, the whole application process for that. Um, and so we hope to grow, you know, we're hoping to be able to grow so that we can do more than two. You know, we would love to be able to support additional people going through college. But yeah. And where can they find this? On our website, um, hollandscorp.com, H-A-L-L-I-N-S corp.com. Same place that you can get those Najee tickets. <laughs> awesome. And speaking of Hollands, you know, we've really been talking about this a lot, but it also is topical for this. Just the idea of stimulating constructive change. I think that is a really cool way to phrase it, because when I hear that, I hear efficacy. You know, you're not saving people. You're having a reaction of stimulation where they have autonomy in pursuit of that. And so what does that mean exactly? to you all? I think it goes back to what we were stating earlier. We are really here to help and support the North Omaha community, uh, the earned to serve community through art music. And the best way that we found out to do that is to remove some of those financial barriers for artists, for vendors, for musicians, for business owners. And again, we, we provide that avenue by removing the fees associated with participating in our festival. Um, we also believe that that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I have not seen a lot of minority-owned businesses participate in our larger um, festivals throughout Omaha, like going to the Taste of Omaha or other events is because there's a financial barrier there for people to participate. And when we remove that barrier, and allow them to not only come and participate to, but also to re reap the benefits of growth, to reap the benefits of adding customers to their list, to reap the benefits of revenue. There's, you know, at the Love and Jazz Festival, there's over 5,000 people that participate there or to, uh, that come to join and listen to the music there. Mm -hmm. So they come, those vendors, those business owners comes there to to grow their business. And again, we remove that barrier so that they can come and we provide them again with the table, a tent, two chairs, um, and pay their city permit tax. So when we think about constructive change, it's more in a sense of helping um, our community out in that avenue. You know, I think that's just one of the best ways that we can invest back into our community. It's a true investment going back to where we come from. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when it's when it's centralized through art that we think and feel, you know, I I don't think it's a coincidence that art is where you see the highest participation amongst mm -hmm. community, but it's also the most ignored amongst entities of power, you know, and so I think that's great. And and when we talk about just 
art and culture in Omaha. What are some steps that we can really take to make sure that jazz stays vibrant in Omaha? So I really believe that people have to be intentional about um, exposure. Um, I think that there are a lot of young people who are interested in art, and I think um, the older people need to help expose them to mm. that that genre, like to the jazz. Um, I think about Twitter and I think about TikTok. Sometimes you see a young person that they'll have on there playing um, a violin or playing the piano or something like that, and they're so good at it. You know, some of them just pick it up, you know, no problem. And it's nice when their parents let them follow that. Sometimes parents have mm. in their minds what they want their kids to be, and they don't want them to be a musician. And so they try to guide them a different direction, and that's such a mistake. You know, kids need to be able to follow their own dreams, and we need to be able to do what makes us happy. And if music is what makes someone someone happy, then they should be able to cultivate that and, and you know, follow that dream. So I just think that exposure is a lot of it, you know, not just for young people, but like even with what Chantel and I do, a lot of where we're going is new ground to us, you know, and so we're mm. exposing ourselves to some things, you know, that we haven't really, um, we don't have a long history of dealing with. So I, I think that that's, that's major right there, just to mm -hmm. keep it going and keep mm -hmm. people knowing, you know, that it's out there and you can do what you want with it. Yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right, Nancy. I think uh, exposure to instruments, um, to young mm. You know, when they took instruments, music, and art away from the schools, that, that did a lot. And I think that if we can get instruments back in school or just expose um, our young people to more instruments, that would be um, helpful. And I think it's more so than just young folks using their voice to sing or to rap or what have you, which is all great. But giving them an instrument really drives a different direction in culture, mm -hmm. um, specifically within jazz itself. And I think that young people should start, you know, picking up the violin as you did, Absolutely. you know, playing more instruments. And I think another way to kind of help us support um, the jazz environment here in Omaha is for it to be um, available, um, making it affordable. Mm -hmm. um, even our, our ticket event with Najee, Najee can easily go for a $75, $100 ticket. We keep that low at a $45 ticket so that people can still participate, even though it's our fundraiser. But we we do make sure that all of our events is either free or very um, affordable. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that it's consistent, like we do this annually, mm -hmm. so that they mm -hmm. can really count on the annual festivals and plan for that. And I think our biggest dream for us is to be that number one jazz festival in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, and even returning to a two-day festival. So at one point in 2019, 2019. yep, in mm -hmm. 2019, we were, the uh, Love and Jazz Festival was a two-day festival. And at that time is when we had Nelson Rangel, mm -hmm. which is coming back to the... Najee concert, our Omaha Jazz Experience, where <laughs> tickets, you can get your tickets now at Highlands.com. But anyway, so we did do a two-day two festival, with, which had maybe eight different acts. We mm -hmm. had Nelson Rangel, we had Brian Sim Simpson, okay. Jesse J, uh, Joaquin Jorner, even R&B star Eric Roberson. And then we had um, local talents, mm -hmm. Chad Stoner, one of our favorites. We had Allison Nash, who was also um, local, and then we had um, Big Wade. I don't know oh, yeah. if you remember Big Wade. We yes. love Big Wade too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and our goal is always, you know, at that the two day festival or any festival, we really are trying to grow the tourism in the city. So we do market outside, not just in Omaha, but outside the borders of Omaha. Um, and again, we we search for those large um, grand artists to pull people into Omaha to support. Um, our talent locally and to support the city of Omaha. We want to grow Omaha, put Omaha on the map with this festival, this two-day festival. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Lanisa Ballou-Holtz and Chantel Perkins about the Hollands Corporation, an organization dedicated to stimulating constructive change in underserved communities through arts and culture. Hollands's annual fundraiser, the Omaha Jazz Experience, is this Saturday in Stinson Park, 
with headliner Najee, a Grammy award-winning saxophonist. Do you like jazz? What's your favorite place in Omaha to see live music? Join the conversation on social media. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. I really like the point of cross-generational relationship building. I think that is lost in general, but especially, you know, there's so much information everywhere. What does it mean to understand how to feel about something from someone who loves you? <laughs> you know, from a parent. And I think that when you have exposure and mix that with support, mm-hmm. that's when the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And and as far as youth having instruments, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, just when you think about hardcore economic barriers, mm-hmm. you know, and also nowadays as as a youth and there are very few instances where you have to practice for 30 minutes mm-hmm. where there's deferred gratification mm-hmm. and you just have to sit here and take a deep breath <laughs> and go even though you think that you sound like crap i may be speaking from personal experience <laughs> <laughs> no you never <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So I so I can relate to that just a little bit because when my daughter was um, going through high school, she played the saxophone, and she gave it up early. So you know, I don't have a superstar sax player <laughs> out there, but she, you know, she said she might pick it up one day. But we had to buy the saxophone, you know. So if we didn't have the means to buy that saxophone, then that would have just been lost for her because the school didn't have enough for everybody to have one. And that's not an instrument that you can share with somebody. You know, you can't share the saxophone. So, um, you know, lots of people make donations to schools for other things, you know, and I think people should think about making large donations for for the the music department, for the arts, because they they need it. You know, those instruments get old and they get messed up and you got to upgrade them, you know, and this, they can't, with the budgets that they have, they can't do it, you know, as often as they need to. So, um, yeah, I can attest to having to put that money out to get that <laughs> saxophone. So, <laughs> And, you know, as you were speaking, it reminds me that, you know, we also want to start going back to doing um, jazz from when we have our festival, doing master classes with some of those artists that come in um, and partnering with like a NOMA um, down on 24th and Lake and having them come in like Najee or Gerald Albright come in and give that master class before they go out on stage and reaching out into the North Omaha community with the young um, jazz musicians that are up and coming um, so that the young folks can see, you know, someone successful um, in front of them and learn from the best. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a collaboration yeah. right yeah, there, absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. Make, make that happen. Okay, we're talking about community and advocacy and all these cool things, but forget that. You have a time machine. You can see any three groups through history. Who would they be live? Like, for me, it'd be Prince and then um, Earth, Wind & Fire and actually, it'd be Earth, Wind, and Fire, Michael Jackson, Prince. Mm-hmm. What about y'all? Oh my, that's a that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably have to pull Whitney. Um, <laughs> that was my girl. I mean, like my my XM radio. I got her programmed in. If one of her songs <laughs> come on, I'm like right there. You know, get it. Can I ask a quick follow up question? What were your thoughts on her biopic? I actually I didn't see it oh, okay. now that you say that yeah. I didn't see it you know it's kind of hard to watch some things like that you know mm. just, just like the the whole Till movie you know I couldn't watch mm. the Till movie because mm-hmm. you know it's history and we always say you know you can't forget about it because if you forget it you're bound to you know repeat mm. it but sometimes I know enough about some of that <laughs> right. you know mm-hmm. some of it you know I just can't keep reliving you know some of the things you that you know how it's going to end and it's yeah. going to be black sadness it's, it's, yeah <laughs> It's going to be terrible. So, yeah. So sometimes it's just it's hard. And, you know, Whitney's story um, has so many sad points to it. You know, it's, mm. it's like you you hit this high point and then it just mm. just slowly, like slowly just comes down. The yeah. Anthem right. The yeah. And, and yeah. so it's it's hard to even think about that, you know, to to watch something that's going to 
make it more real what she actually went through, mm. you know, because yeah, that was that was a hard one. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Mary J is my girl. Mm. Look, <laughs> my my poor daughter grew up on Mary J. I had that one CD in my truck and I played it all the time. And she, so she and I both know, you know, Mary J. And then was it? Did it have real love on it? Oh yeah. yeah. What's the four one man? Look, I can do that one too, right? Right. Life. Come through. I mean, there's so many that you that that you can pick. So you know, to not pick somebody so common, I would also say. Um, I didn't go to this concert just recently because I was busy, but Tyrese, you know, I would have loved to have seen oh, him. Okay. That's my guy. Uh -huh. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I'd say those Forget three. he sings. He's so busy driving I cars. Know. I know it, yeah. you know, and yeah, he sings to me. That's all about me. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's all that matters. <laughs> okay. I would double down on Mary J. Balazs. Okay. Um, R&B, original, entertainer. Mm -hmm. uh, I think of an entertain the the boots the hair the the song right. you know the songs that take you back she's just that's but, what i grew up on they talk about her dancing but you <laughs> right. can't take that away no. from her right <laughs> yes <about> yeah <laughs> don't mess with her because that's one of my favorites mm -hmm. i would also say prince i because when i saw prince as a young child I didn't get to really fully embrace his entertainment. Mm -hmm. I remember bits and pieces, and I didn't really fall back. I didn't fall in love in, with him until later on. So, and I never saw him live after, you know, mm. from that performance. So I feel like I missed that and missed such a great mm. talent there. My third one would be this up and coming artist that is on. Snoop Dogg's label. Now, hold on. <laughs> this is a far stretch from jazz, right? <laughs> His name is October London. I just found him maybe two weeks ago. He is this throwback to Marvin Gaye. He's mm. nothing like you think when you think of Snoop. He's not rap. He's not arm. Well, he's like this old school, smooth, soulful R&B okay. sound and every single song on his album has this feel of Marvin Gaye hmm. meaning you know okay. just takes you back to back in the day you know when my mom used to play that Yeah, his name is October London and I think that he is one that I'm I'm putting on my list to see. Mm. So yeah. what is the future of the Hollands Corporation? Do you see the genre styles changing in the future at all? Do you ever see multiple genres per festival Tell so us about it so we have talked a lot about the growth of the business and one thing that we aspire to do is not be put in a box mm. um so we want mm. to be able to do country if we want to do country or we want to do um hard rock if we want to do hard rock you know so we just we do, it's all about the growth you know we just want to get to the point where we can just do what we want to do and and be able to do it well you know regardless of the genre mm -hmm. because like we said we do it for the community and our community loves all of that you know so it's not just about people of color if we're looking at the community Yes, we want our people of color to be able to afford to do these things, but there's so much more than just them, and we want to have other people love us just as much. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think in doing that, uh, we will always stay consistent with our brand, and that brand just being delivering the best in class music, whether that's jazz, whether that's country or what have you, just mm -hmm. delivering the best in a professional and polished environment. You know, we like to think ourselves of producing events. Uh, and we're very adamant about when we produce and when we say we're going to do something, we do it. So mm. I think the very first thing that we do before we even decide on doing an event is to secure the funding. Um, because regardless of what the outcome of that festival is, meaning, you know, we have the funding to move forward with that. If we only sell 25 tickets or whether we sell 2,500 tickets, we are still going to provide that event because we stand on our word and on our brand. We stand on being polished and professional and always starting on time. We love our VIP, you know, at the Najee concert. You can purchase VIP tickets. <laughs> and where can but you purchase those tickets? At, of course, the HollandsCorporation.com. HollandsCorp.com, excuse me. But yes, we we stand on producing these um, 
opulent events that have VIP. We have ambassadors there to make sure that everyone is having a great time. We produce the best in music at that given time, um, We and it's free. So our brand is just always providing the best in entertainment in a polished, professional, and family environment. Mm. So regardless of what we do, we, we're we going to execute that. Well, thank you so much for talking today. Well, this was awesome. This can was we great. say one quick thing? You can say whatever you, you want within reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just, we um, have been successful because of our, our sponsors. And I, I want to say that our top sponsors have been Douglas County has been very supportive of us throughout the years since we've started in 2013. So Douglas County, thank you. And that's a big shout out to Dick Davis as well. The Sherwood Foundation has very uh, has supported us within the last three to five years. Mutual of Omaha is another great provider and supporter of ours. Omaha Steaks, Todd Simon has been um, very gracious to us. Uh, Metro Community Bank, as well as Viridian, as well as Equity Bank, Nebraska Lottery, and just recently, Oasis Cigar Lounge has been supporting us. Mm -hmm. So we would like to say thank you to all of our supporters that allow us to sustain throughout the years and to provide our events, which is the Love em Jazz Festival and the Omaha Jazz Experience. Yeah. And where and at what time again? Yes. We would love for you to come to the Omaha Jazz Experience, which will be Saturday, July the 22nd, which is next Saturday. You will see Najee, you will see Nelson Rangel, and we also will have local performances from Ed Archibald as well as Wood Hoops. You can get your tickets at eventbrite.com or hollandscorp.com. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you both so much. Well, thank, thank you. you for allowing us this opportunity. This has been a wonderful discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Riverside Chats was created by Tom Noblock and is a production of 91.5 KIOS Omaha Public Radio. The show is produced and edited by Courtney Bierman. Our original music is written and performed by The Real Zebos. Our artwork is done by Ben Matsukowicz. Remember... You can find the backlog of Riverside Chats episodes wherever you get podcasts. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Griffin. To end today's show, here's Najee's Bet You Don't Know. Bet you don't know.